Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. People who are listening should know that Mr. Matt Kelly has now put on his spectacles, which always indicates a moment of great gravity and importance. <laughs> I can't find my script, Matt. Did you send it to me? Huh? Oh, you've WhatsApped it. Sorry. Hello, I'm Matt Kelly. And I'm Matt Dancona. And this is The Two Mats for the week ending Friday, the 28th of July, a podcast where pain is subjective. Pain is subjective. That will come to make sense. It Matt, will. what did we talk about in this episode? We talked about the um, massive overreaction to the Uxbridge by-election uh-huh. uh, and, and the way in which both main parties are retreating from uh, green commitments. green yeah. commitments they've made. Yeah. Um, and we also talked about the fantastic piece of television on Channel 4, Greg Wallace and uh, yes. Michelle Rue Jr. in um, which, a, The British Meat Miracle. It, which is uh, a, a mystery that will be unwrapped before, yeah. before your very ears. Yes, it will. It <laughs> or eyes if it's you're watching on YouTube. It's absolutely fabulous and well um, worth... Uh, and, and, and fascinating. Hanging um, on for the second half to hear about that. What should we uh, What should we call this week's episode? Well, uh, I mean, pain subjective is pretty good. Pain subjective, uh, yes. Let's, should, we do, should we do that? Uh, yeah, folks. Uh, to people who haven't heard the uh, listened or watched the um, the Greg Wallace bit of telly, that will be utterly meaningless. But it will make sense You'll if understand. you persevere. It's a, and it's a good, you know, come hither, isn't it? It is. So, like, okay. it's like so much that we do. Done deal. This is uh, the two mats episode six. Pain subjective. subjective. What are we going to talk about? I think we should talk about green retreat because yes. I think there's the theme of the week has been. Well, I mean, there's lots going on this week, but for me, the theme of the week has been. It started with the um, by-election results um, and Uxbridge and Ryslip being, you know, just held by the Tories. That then led to it's all to do with Ulez the ultra low emission zone being extended by Sadiq Khan to that area and there was no doubt it was a big issue in that by-election for very specific reasons which then just kind of grew into I mean more predictably sort of um, Rishi Sunak dialing down the green basically yeah uh, um, it was a bit reminiscent of the green crap kind of it was very in fact back to David the, 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 there's, a, there's a good clip of him talking about not wanting to hassle yeah. people I wonder if our Wonderful producer. Can the third Matt get that Matt clip Matt can play it for us. Great. 
Yeah, of, of course net zero is important to me and that's why after I became Prime Minister earlier this year I set up a brand new government department for energy security and net zero. So yes we're going to make progress towards net zero but we're going to do that in a proportionate and pragmatic way that doesn't unnecessarily give people more hassle and more costs in their life. That's what I'm not interested in prepared to do. What a delivery by the way. I mean, he's got—he's like the bloody wheel of fortune standing guy. It's like he leans forward a lot, doesn't he? But it's like—it's so plastic. And also, if you didn't know he was talking about the potential extinction of the human race yeah. and climate emergency that will devastate the planet and many species other than ourselves, yeah. and cause suffering on a planetary scale that we haven't even begun to see, you would never guess that's what he's saying. He's as if the, this is can be framed in terms of the amount of hassle it causes people. Yeah. Yeah, you know, probably it does cause people a bit of hassle. But then so do droughts and floods and, you know, heart diseases caused by overheating. You but, know. I, you know, it's, I find, I'm finding it really hard on a personal level to get beyond the obvious insincerity of yes, it all. Yes, I agree. If only that bullshit was a little bit more convincing, if they put a bit more effort into yes. trying to just at least appear a bit more sincere, I wouldn't be so riled by it. But it's the kind of arrogant, look, I really can't be arsed dealing with this, but I'm just going to bark into this camera and grin like a lunatic. And say the and same things going, ten of course, times. Of course, of course. Yes. You know, and expect people to go, yeah, because no one's listening because it's the delivery of it is so absolutely I'm facile. Sure, I'm, I'm sure that's true. People uh, switching off. I mean, I can't see either side being particularly reassured by that. I mean, certainly people who care about climate change, which, by the way, is a is a lot bigger than some conservatives think because there's two elements to it. I mean, the young, of course, are very heavily skewed to caring deeply about this. But there's also a very large number of conservatives who believe in action about climate and indeed about air pollution and, and other things because they are conservers, uh, mm. you know, old-fashioned Tory voters, if you like. Um, and polling-wise, there's no doubt that people are... You know, they're cherry about individual measures because everyone is. If you say, do you like this tax rising? There's always going to be an opposition. But if you talk to them about the generality, overwhelmingly people have now moved to a position where they really care. And the thing that tends to push people over the hill is the idea that it's just not right to bequeath to the next generation, you know, a fried planet. And yet, okay, so here's the... The flip side of it, the evidential flip side, yeah, is that we do know in Boris Johnson's old seat, people did get very yes. leery about the idea of one in ten older, very polluting cars being taken effectively being taken off the road because yes. they've become unaffordable. unaffordable, and it did cost a by election. So it is. It, it is this weird paradox, isn't it, where we all look at the front pages of Roads yes. on Fire and we think, bloody hell, I was there on holiday yes. last year. And I, actually, my cousin's on holiday there now and not having a great time. And the planet's on fire, but I don't want to pay £12.50 to move my car. Yes. You know, so it, 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 there is something generic, macro and micro, that don't and, match. And, and this is why the absence of leadership is the problem, which is that, of course the measures necessary to do anything about this are going to be um, difficult, thorny, and in many cases flawed. I mean, the ULEZ is flawed because it doesn't address exactly what you mentioned, Matt, which is that, as Uxbridge shows, 
there's a very specific issue there, which is not great public transport. Uh, it's not that posh. Many parts of it are quite, you know, people who are not, you know, well off. And they, they of course, therefore have disproportionately have older cars, which makes them more liable to the ULEZ charge. And therefore, it's regressive. Now, the way to deal with that is to say, message received, we need a better scrappage system, um, but not to retreat from the whole green no. agenda. And I think that, you know, you expect, so Lord Frost, uh, David Frost, um, very much a sort of right-wing Brexiteer, stormed in with, um, you know, climate change is going to happen and we should we should take advantage of it, which is the yeah. most extraordinary thing. Well, I've... he was basically saying... Well, climate change might not be such a bad thing if it's if exactly we, if we no. live in a cold, wet country. You know, if a bit more sunshine, it happy benefits day, happy us. Day. Happy days, um, which is so ignorant. I mean, we've just had the Met Office this week yeah. saying that 2022 was the highest temperatures in history in the UK, and you know we tipped over 40 degrees, which is unheard of. Um, and so the direction of travel is very clear. Well, they said what they said was that by the end of the century, that's going to feel like a cold summer. Exactly, and and my that that's what my kids, my younger kids will are going to see. They'll see that as no, old, I, I, as old uh, citizens. You know, that's what they'll be living in. So and it's look, very clear. You know, to, it's true that Ulez does not. It's not actually anything to do with climate change. It's to do with um, air pollution. But hang on, I mean, the figures are, uh, about rising respiratory diseases. Well, a- this is the point, man. Asthma. But this is where I can't, I mean, maybe I'm, I'm missing it. But if I am, then there's something wrong because I'm a, a Londoner. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've been living within the Ulez, uh, the inner inner Ulez cordon for, for some time and appreciate that nitrogen dioxide levels are dropping substantially. But for me, as, a, as somebody thinking about how would I frame this as a journalist? Yes. You know, if I was trying to make the case for this uh, on the front page of a, of a, of a tabloid newspaper, like the Daily Mirror, yeah. I'd have a sea of people who died from asthma in London last year. And, and lot, by the way, there is a bloody sea of them. I think there's a like lot of four thousand oh, people. It's plenty. I mean, and and the UK has the worst respiratory conditions of any nation in Western Europe, right? And London is the worst of the worst. I think there was a report like something twenty-four of the worst thirty. Uh, constituencies are in that outer London ring that's for asthma, for yeah. asthma conditions. So that's, what I, you know, you've got to try and personalise it and say... This affects your this, kids, this affects this, you. Yeah. These 20 people in your borough they died, died last year yeah. because of this thing, which yeah. is entirely preventable. But we are breathing this shit that's coming out of these uh, old yeah. cars. Sorry, folks, you're going to have to move on. But they, we live in an era, unfortunately, where that narrative, which it seems to me is a very plausible one and a persuasive one, is just not what politicians are doing. That mm. populism doesn't like that kind of, um, it's going to cost you, but but we can work it out. Well, yeah, but the, isn't it the case that the populists actually are very good at saying, um, why should, you know, Mary Blog... No, no, that's what I mean. It's like, it's like, They're good. But it's it's the other side. That yes, it seems, I, again, like the, like the bloody Remain campaign, waffling on about generalities, well, instead of getting right down into the weeds into and the saying... Human, human dimension, These yeah. are the people, no, and it's I, you and, and your And friends. a narrative that speaks to that people's makes hearts sense. as exactly. well as their heads, which brings us uh, to Keir Starmer. Yeah. So I have some sympathy, a lot of sympathy for the argument that Starmer's people make, which is, look, you know, we just need to get the Tories out, right, whatever it takes. However, 
there have to be some limits to that. And I think the new European has argued very well that there has to be a, a different line on Brexit than making Brexit work, which yeah, is feeble. Yeah, yeah. But I was seriously dismayed by Starmer's response to Uxbridge, which was he goes straight to the National Policy Forum in Nottingham, I think, and says, you know, we should really think about where we were on ULOs because, because of course, Sadiq Khan, Labour Mayor and so on, um, you know, if the, we can't be having a policy that's on every single conservative leaflet. Now, let's just take that yeah. thought for a minute. Yeah. Um, all your policies are going to be on conservative leaflets if you have any by the time we go to general election. That cannot be the criterion for whether or not Labour supports ULEZ or, for that matter, radical action on climate change. We've already had the rowback from the 28 billion investment a year. Oh, it's now going to be during the next parliament, not mm. immediately. And just a, a line that struck me in a Sunday Times piece, which was um, one of uh, Starmer's people saying to the Sunday Times that the green policies were, quotes, dead weights. Yeah. And that is green, like Cameron's green crap, David mm. Cameron's green crap. So... I understand that Starmer's nervous about uh, Ed Miliband's more visionary approach to climate. I, 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 I would rather he went with the, the totally. Miliband, but there's a difference between saying, right, let's hold our horses a little bit for electoral reasons. He seems too conservative to but me. Just, he needs to I mean, just he's now talking about, it. like, we, it's very hard to see what's left in terms of greenery about yeah. this Labour Party. And that is a disastrous position because... He has to do more than just be a, a beater of the Conservatives. He has to be someone who's going to have a governing a vision. And he talks about missions all the time, right? Well, if ever there's a mission that needs to be grasped, and as you said, given a sort of narrative that speaks to people, voters' hearts, oh, which is yeah. if you vote Labour, we will make this a cleaner, yeah. you know, uh, less carbon-emitting country post haste because we know that's what you care about mm -hmm. and not being afraid of saying that because of of course Rishi Sunak and uh, Lord Frost and you know Sweller Braverman and Grant Shapps talking about Labour being the um, the political wing of Just Stop Oil and it was a mm -hmm. wonderful letter by um, John Gummer yeah, who used to yeah. be the Environment Secretary yeah. um, this week just saying you know grow up yeah. you can't talk like that about an issue of this gravity. And also, I heard um, Alistair Campbell, your co-editor at large of the Mike, New European... The editor at larger, and, and, I think we the call The editor them. at larger. And um, and also, he's got a small podcast, which I've got hopes for. I think it's going to do I quite well I think it might day. do quite well. It, it, Fingers it, crossed. It's not bad. Big but shout out to Alistair and Rory. He but. was saying um, they loved it. They loved it when, um, when the... Tories were talking about their policies. Of course. You know, they they lived for that. That's that was, it's earned, called setting earned, the agenda. And advertising. Absolutely. In, you you know, know, they they wanted to be able to be pushed into the debate so yes. they could have the debate. Of course. Now at the moment what you've got is is banal sound bites from a banal prime minister and a leader of the opposition who seems quite comfortable just sitting in the slipstream of that. And doesn't want to break out of it for fear of scaring horses. You, ha you, you know? have to. And and I remember Blair, in his, I think in his memoirs, talks about how it's fine to be cautious, but there is a point where you have to get going. Yeah, and and that's long past here. Surely, Storm, you know, the one... Th I know they've thrown Corbynism out of the window completely. Yeah, but I think there was a baby that got thrown out as well, which yes. was 
what Corbyn was able to do, obviously, because the policies, as far as I'm concerned, were were not electoral winners, but the passion was, and yes, the that's vision, exactly right. and the way he spoke of of a, a promise of a better world. And now, you, so my my view is he was never going to get us to a better no. world, but the the way he went about it and, was and very effective. Need for a new social contract. Yes, and exactly also that. as you know, we've said before. Uh, the need for the 21st century to start exactly because that, so, that's the that's the labor task which is to say okay right we've had this sort of terrible period yeah uh, in which irreparable no not irreparable but terrible damage has yeah. been done to not just the british economy but also the british sense of um self-esteem and, and relevance to the world and 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 social solidarity these things have been yeah. seriously vandalized um our job is to not just bring Britain back to a position of, of, of self-respect, but also really tackling the problems of today. Yeah. And he, he's not yeah. doing that. And the, the, the one sort of thing that makes me think he could still stumble is that all campaigning history shows that the problem with being a blank check is that your enemies get to define you. Yeah. So if he goes into the election being defined by what he isn't, that enables the Tories to say anything. And they will say he's going to tax you to the skies. They'll say it's going to be Labour's tax bombshell number two. They just want to smuggle in socialism under greenery. They love Just Stop Oil. Just mm. name it. You know, that we could make up the slogans ourselves. Uh, and that's a very dangerous position for really the opposition to, to be in. And I I'm afraid that the, as much as, you know, we cried out for a period of political stability... Listening to Sunak and Starmer, it it does remind you what's good about personality politics. You know, it's like it's like a conversation or a debate between a smarmy estate agent and a and a clever conveyancing lawyer. You know, it's just in the it's generic totally nonsense. I, I, you know? I know that after the sort of um, theatrical grotesqueries of Boris Johnson, there was a point where people were saying, "You know what? We want a bit of boring." Yeah. I don't think people ever want a bit of boring. No, you know. Uh, even Trump, yeah, f- for all his horrific qualities, which yeah. scarcely need to be mentioned, um, one of the reasons he won was because he is compelling and interesting. But why is it always the bad guys who are so bloody well, it charismatic? Isn't always, actually, I mean, <laughs> Obama. You know, you can yeah, argue that his president. You can argue that his presidency was disappointing. No, Did, yeah, absolutely right. Ditto Bill Clinton. Yeah. You know, the, the difference between the two Clintons is chalk and cheese yeah. because. You know, Hillary Clinton is is a classic example, I think, of the kind of politician we're talking about. You know, she thinks that if you throw data visualizations into the Midwest, you sort of drop them from a plane. Yeah. People will go, oh, well, I like this. You know, I'm going to vote Democrat. Um, whereas Bill Clinton was a a kind of, I mean, he was a charisma machine in 92. And again, you know, he ran into trouble and all sorts of difficulties. But one must never forget that that, you know, he... He started the the wave that Schroeder and Blair yeah. surfed. I mean, he was supernaturally good That's in that right. election. And and you've got to say, you know, I know he's like the ultimate divisive figure, and for many reasons, rightly so. But Blair had oh, it Blair's, in spades. But Blair, Blair was probably the last real, genuine, yes. charismatic leader. Blair, nineteen forty seven, was um, yeah. a force of nature, and. You know, they are around. I mean, I think... Um, Who do you think of the current crop has got it? I think West Streeting has got it. Do I th- you? Yes, yeah. I do. I think, and I think he and Peter Kyle, who, you know, are basically, 
the equivalent of Brown and Blair, yeah, are have it in them to be an absolutely incredible double act. Yeah. Um, but I, actually, the, funnily enough, the person that immediately came to mind was um, the person we interviewed for last week's podcast, Caroline, Caroline Lucas, who's yeah. sadly leaving the the parliamentary scene at any rate. I mean, I think she is a genuinely inspiring figure. Yeah. Um, it's just such a shame that she, that that the Labour Party, for instance, couldn't accommodate somebody yes. like that because she could do a lot of effective stuff within Absolutely. within one of the two parties that are only ever going to wield any influence in this I mean, I'm not, I, I'm absolutely a fan of having people around senior politicians who are, you know, nerdish and brilliant and fantastic at, at detail yeah. and granular detail. But I'm not a believer in technocracy. You know, the way back for the left of centre, for want of a better word, is not to just produce reams of data saying Brexit hasn't worked, though it hasn't, but to speak to the heart and to find ways of, honestly, rather than dishonestly, because that's got to be the, I mean, that's got to be the crucial difference is that one of the terrible legacies of of this era of Tory populism has been that no one trusts anything. That's right. So it has, what Labour says and the Lib Dems say has to be, you know, they have to be able to bank that check. Yeah. But and I'm sorry to come back to it again, but the, because I, I do, you know, I, I realise that I'm probably looking at this in, in quite a shallow way, but please, just some charisma and energy and inspiration in politics. I remember speaking to somebody about Google when I was a technology correspondent and and I said, but what they're doing, it doesn't seem to make any sense, blah, blah, blah. And he said, listen, don't make the mistake of thinking that they're clever people. They're not. There's, just, there's, a, there's a few of them that are very clever, but there's a lot of people in Google who are very, very mediocre people. And they're just a big corporation like anybody else. And, and the same politics goes on in that office as any of other course. office. And the more you look at politics right now, the more mediocre and tired it seems. And some of them you wouldn't send out for a bag of chips, never mind to rewrite a climate manifesto you know it's it's where is the spark it's very interesting you you talked about corporations because two things totally different poles of i totally agree with you i don't think it's a shallow point i think it's the point so i watched an episode of um the original office the other day uh, you know because it's just sort of so good but what i did think was my god brent david brent ricky gervais's david brent is now quite like a party political leader that's that's how you know the kind of slightly dishonest uh well very dishonest kind of pres- yeah. self-presentation and toe-curling awfulness i mean that's kind of what <laughs> yeah. politics has become the other thing which is at the other extreme was um just because i'm interested in it and and actually planning next week's column i listened to uh jfk's speech in rice university in texas about in i think 62 about the space race yeah. you know we don't go to the moon because it's easy we go there because it's hard that's right can you imagine yeah any politician let alone politician in this country saying that now well it's it isn't it it's the polar opposite of what they are saying right now yes both in style because that was a great piece of oratory and these people wouldn't know oratory if they smacked them in the and face also, but in substance as and well also they Instead of giving vision and, and, and hope and inspiration, they blame, they, they pre-blame yes, yeah. failure yeah. on the weakest and well, the most vulnerable. Well, Rishi Sunak would have said, we'd like to go to the moon, but we're not going to right now because it's a bit inconvenient. And also because of all these small boats. I'd love to That's go right. to the moon. Yeah, I mean, but that, I, I want to sink some dinghies first. He did a, tw- a Twitter thread 
this week oh, about about, Mate, um, about small boats yeah. and um, activist lawyers, as he put it, which was yeah. essentially a plug for the Daily Mail. It really was. And uh, the word, I mean, the words "new low" do spring to mind. Don't I they? mean, you had to that first tweet, that first tweet where you had to divine the commas in it. To, so, is he really saying the Labour Party are aligned with criminal gangs? He, I mean, well, apparently, it, it really is what he was saying. He was what he was saying, and it's certainly what he intended to be taken Just away. Appalling, appalling. But when you move to a shamelessness is a very liberating thing yes because uh, i mean it doesn't get you anywhere but yeah. it but it but it, when you get to where he is and i do believe he's shameless yeah. i don't buy this idea that he's mr nice guy just because he smiles a lot and goes to the movies with his kids to watch barbie i don't <laughs> yeah. I, to be honest i don't care yeah. right yeah look at look you know show not tell what's he actually doing what he's doing is he's victimizing the weakest people on earth the most vulnerable needy people on earth in order to give his party a hope at least of perhaps minimising the scale of Labour's victory. That's right. I mean, how, how many kinds of deplorable is that? How do you sleep at night? How do you sleep at night, Mr Sunak? That how is, do you sleep at night? How do you sleep at night? Uh, because if he is indeed uh, Mr Reasonable and Mr Stanford Business School, you know, Mr Hedge yeah. Funder, Mr Smiley, yeah. it's all the worse. Yeah. No, you, know, you can't right. even blame it on psychosis. Right. At least, like you could say to Boris Johnson, well, he's 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 genetically like that. He, he can't, can't help he, himself. He can't help himself. He's but just a, he's Sunak. Just a, yeah. It's a decision. Yeah, you know. All right. Well, listen. Right, that's. Uh, I think we've brought that to a, as far as we can go at the moment. But I have no doubt we'll return to it. Absolutely. But let's take a quick break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about Greg Wallace. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. So Matt, best bit of TV I've seen in a long time. Um, the, well, I can't even remember what it's called now. The the British Meat Miracle? Yeah. Something like you, that? Well, you Channel dropped, 4? You, you sent me a link yeah. in one WhatsApp. And I thought, had you oh, not seen it till I I hadn't seen it. Uh, so I thought, oh, this looks interesting. And I watched it. Um, and I, I, I suspect like you, I I was very grateful. I was very grateful for the, the tip. But I watched it with a growing horror. Then I realised that it was a hoax. But it, even when I realised it was a hoax, I admired it even more. Yeah. Because, I mean, perhaps... Can you so, can you bring bring us well, up to I, I, what I, it is? So uh, yes, I mean if there's Greg any, Wallace, Master so Chef Greg star. Wallace, the Master Chef star, who gets on my nerves in Master Chef because he's so bloody. I hate enthusiastic people, and he's, he's so he's, enthusiastic, <laughs> isn't he? That's really unfair. I'm Slap, sure he's a lovely guy, slappably enthusiastic. He's a lovely guy, I'm sure. But I've got to say, he plays an absolute blinder in this, and it's the context of it is. And I didn't. I'm pretending to be. Very, very well read now. I didn't know that Jonathan Swift, Dean Swift, the great Irish satirist, Anglo-Irish satirist, had in 1729, I think, yeah. uh, written a an essay called A Modest Proposal, which was a, and I think the full title of it is something like, it's a, a modest proposal for uh, to prevent um, poor children becoming a burden to their parents and yes. the state or something like this. And basically the proposal is, that. Do you want to quote from it? Because I've got some of it. Uh, have you? Yeah, yeah go for it. Out. Go on. I have been assured by a very knowing American of my acquaintance in London <laughs> that a young, healthy child, well nursed, 
well nursed is really horrible, isn't it? Is at a year old a most delicious, nourishing and wholesome food, whether stewed, roasted, baked or boiled. And I make no doubt that it will equally serve in a fricassee or a ragu. <laughs> it was the fricassee which got me. Uh, oh, terrifying. So, so, it, so, so, so brilliantly but, written. But the point about it was that when he wrote it in the 18th century, it was kind of, you know, it was, it was, it was he was addressing a real stark situation. With yes. People in desperate poverty didn't know how to feed themselves. Starvation. There was a famine going on. You know, it's like, how do we get ourselves out of this? And, uh, well, let's eat, eat the children of the poor. It's the obvious so, solution. flash forward 300 years. That's right, isn't it? 300 yeah. years. Almost and um Six shy. And some genius in Channel 4 decides to to do an updated version of, of this essay, A Modest Proposal. And Greg Wallace, it's a bit more like one of his... Um, and I, again, I'll confess to being addicted to these, the Inside the Factory yes, shows where, you know, right. where you're making like Walker's Crisps. Or, so here I am in the know, factory. The baked, how do you make baked beans? How many? Two billion baked beans Just an hour. It's amazing. Two billion baked beans an so hour. So it's very much in that vein. Yes. But what it is, it's in a mocked up factory called Harvest. And it's human. Good Harvest. Good Harvest. <laughs> human meat from for humans, from humans. But they, but. The, the they get you get it's incremental like all great dramas it's incremental yeah. so he starts off with they've taken human cells and they're cultivating That's them right, yeah. into what are effectively doner kebabs they call right? it a meat cake donna do- <laughs> calls them donor 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 donors you know meat cake exactly yeah. and so the the first slightly stomach churning thing is these uh these kind of cultivated yeah uh things which are you know made from human cells originally but not actual yeah. human flesh so right. first of all you're thinking okay yeah and then fast forward and then fast forward to the vic to this to where people are being paid because this is the other side of the business model yes which again is so plausible you know you're poor these people can't pay their energy bills but what we can do them is give them 400 quid for a bit of their buttocks right and yeah. and then you've got these people in pre-op interviews where Greg were Wallace really is so, chillingly done, and, and it was it, the point was that it was just so believable, it you know, was. where you got all these um, people saying, "Well, you know, I can't pay my bills, I can't um, put any food on the table, but I, you know, and I'm told it won't hurt." And then there's this venture capitalist entrepreneur chief executive saying. No, it doesn't really. It's pain subjective. Pain subjective. <laughs> I thought. Go, what does that? What one, does that mean? One pain of the subjective. ages that wasn't and, it. And uh, and these people are wheeled off into operating theatres and sliced up a bit, and not enough, obviously, to do any permanent damage. But then the meat is then put into this nutrition bath and balloons into these meat cakes, which are then sold as very cheap steaks. And then not only Greg Wallace, but then you've got the great Michelle Rue Jr. At um, is it Le Gavroche? Le Gavroche, yeah. At his double Michelin starred restaurant. Again, cooking up with total straight face, straight face. Uh, cooking up these these human steaks, and then <laughs> saying, "Do you think, Greg, that you could tell the difference between the taste of someone born in the north northeast? Of England? That's right, <laughs> the Geordie because steak. it's what we call in France the terroir. terroir. <laughs> it's really brilliant. It's brilliantly done. done, and the and the and the the last kind of element to it is the horror punch is, the is where they say there's a mystery piece of meat in the premium line yes and uh, it's served up and the two of them go into raptures oh, about wonderful. how tasty so this is and then it is revealed at the boardroom meeting where Greg Wallace is in, involved invited and I apologise you know we are giving the whole bloody thing away here but it, I promise you it won't affect how much fun this thing is to watch it is revealed that this is 
the flesh of children. Toddler tatar. Toddler tatar. So, um, and at this point, Greg Wallace pales a little bit. Yes. He's acting superbly. Really throughout. superbly. And the whole thing is is maxed out to to amplify the satire of it. But you're still left with this impression that you've watched a fantastic piece of television. But the reason it's so fantastic is it's literally so close to the bone. It I is mean, really, it really, really, really close to the bone. I mean, um, it it made me think a lot, uh, you know, and and kind of th- and look into a little bit, you know, what. OK, so what are people doing? out of desperation because of cost of living crisis and it you know it's everything but there's you know shoplifting is massively up yeah baby banks have had to open because people don't can't afford basics for their newborns i mean let's yeah. absorb that one horrific for a yeah. um there's organ traffic there was a trial in i think uh march which uh, didn't involve uh brits but uh, it, it, was, it was the first time that organ trafficking in, using the Modern Slavery Act had been the subject of a trial. And, and it led to a lot of people in the charity sector saying, this is there are obviously serious safeguarding issues here. We need to be very, very vigilant that people aren't basically selling their yeah. kidneys. Although um, not quite as bad as Petronella Wyatt recently tweeted saying she she knew personally, she knew personally of two people who'd come back off holiday with no kidneys. Yes, and, I think she's, <laughs> I think we need a renal specialist to explain yeah. quite but, uh, how don't want to make lights about people trading their No, and and, and and you know more than one in four of all people children in the UK now living in poverty. Yeah. So suddenly you realize well you know, we live in a world of um, uh, AI and, uh, you know, incredible oncology and m- amazing technology and so on. But we also live in a world where there are people starving to death in yeah. in the UK. In the UK. Uh, so, so Swift's yeah. inspiration to this programme, it's not just a bit of fun. It is very beautiful. It's purest satire because it's the reason it's funny is because it, it's close to the it's truth it's very adjacent to it's truth. very yeah. very troubling i mean you watch mm. it and um i i love hoax programs i mean there's one that uh came out back in the 70s called alternative three i don't know if you've seen no, it. I haven't. It's, on, it's on youtube and it's really good it's um it's a, a pretend episode of science report and they do it and the idea is that they've they've fa- they found evidence via a, a investigation into the brain drain from Britain to the US of, of experts that actually people are being uh, shuttled off at the earth to set up uh, uh, stations on the moon to go to Mars, which has already been landed on. Yeah. Preposterous, but yeah. it's beautifully done because it's done in the, just as this one is done beautifully yeah. in the idiom of a Channel 5 programme or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But because it, it's done in the very high, serious, late 70s yeah. you know, science programme thing. And it's, uh, it's people still watch it and there are screenings. And of course the, you have the... Chris Morris classic nonsense nonsense that's where, right where you had the procession of yes. you know, I think Gary Lineker and Phil Collins and all of these people all, did, all saying, all saying you know, you know, this is nonsense, nonsense how, yeah. how about you know how paedophiles were you know whatever it was, it was you'll no, find it, it on YouTube but it, it, fantastically well done piece of, but again because it's kind of plausible kind of plausible yeah. and and this one I really uh, I, I think massive props to uh, yeah to, to, to all the people involved because there were, I think, there were four hundred complaints. Well, that, that, the day, the first, so my first encounter with it was 
the complaints. The outrage on Twitter with people saying, bloody hell, have you seen this? Now Now Channel 4 promoting this wacko company. Yeah. Whether this they're proposing to basically turn us all into bloody cannibals. You know, and, and this went on for hours on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> and then until people started until saying... Until the Twitter hive mind finally woke satire. up. satire. Then they Googled what satire was and then they went Irony back and said, yeah. is not... Does not <laughs> prosper on Twitter, I think it's fair to say. Um, and especially now that the bird has been replaced by an X. An X. Which oh. I think is sort of just horribly awful in just, every conceivable yeah, sad way. Turning into a Marvel comic. But that, I, I, th- I think that was... I mean, it speaks to what you were talking about in the first half, which is the... The emotional impact of that documentary was immense. I, mate, I, honestly, I, so I'll, I'll give myself away. There was a bit where I was crying in it because no, horrible. Because there's a there's a bit at the end where this poor little kid is yes. is is saying uh, clearly doesn't want to go, and and this entrepreneur who is so well drawn, brilliantly drawn, says, you know, do do you want to be a hero? And the little kid nods and she hands him like a cuddly toy or something and sort of gestures, off you go into surgery then. And the kid turns and goes. And it was chokingly well done. You know? it, it's, it's a brilliant piece of television and it shows why satire, w- yeah. when it's done bri- as brilliantly as that, is, yeah. is, is as powerful as it, and, as it can. And, and it, you know, so so much credit to, to the everybody involved in that because one misstep at any point would have absolutely punctured the one balloon. flea bag style Ex- look at the it, camera anything you know, like it that. would have been a disaster but it, it was per it trod the line perfectly and he maintained his noisy yeah aggravating persona throughout Do you know, know i am on the it, factory greg wallace brilliant. in a wanna has turned himself i think from one of britain's most irritating tv personalities into an absolute bloody legend no i mean I, I i it took a lot of guts to do that yeah. because um it could have gone horribly wrong and you know there has been some kickback but i think the overall oh, no, uh, think, impression has been massively to the good i think uh, listen if you haven't seen it folks uh watch it go and watch it and Tell a friend to watch it because I think it touch. Not only is it great TV, but I honestly think it touches on so many real important issues. Because it, if it wasn't that close to the bone, it wouldn't make you it's, feel. It's actually like, a like bucket of ice cold water. It really on is. the face, and you're thinking, yeah. how have we got to the point where this is even slightly plausible? Yeah. In 2023. Yeah. It's awful, but brilliant. Well watch, done. Watch well it. done, Channel Four. Well done, Props Greg Wallace. Man, yeah, props to all of them. This must be a relatively new process. It is. I mean, under EU law, we couldn't possibly operate machines like this due to legislation. But thankfully, now we're out. We can harvest people and we can pay them for their flesh. So what haven't we've we've waffled on so magically about Greg Wallace for so long? There's stuff that's fallen through the cracks. Well, let's let's um, bow our heads briefly in honour of Sinead O'Connor. Oh, that was that was a real God, blow, wasn't it? It, it was. So, it's one of those deaths where. It's not. It wasn't a surprise, but it was a shock. Shock, exactly. Um, and uh, all the obvious points. Um, mm. You know, nothing compares to you. One of the great videos of all time. Um, and I, I was reading in one of the obits that John Mabry, who directed the that video, um, you know, did lots of filming around Paris for a sort of traditional '90s video. And then he decided, I'm just going to do this one shot mm. with her. And 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 kind of video history and pop history was made, yeah. you know. And she cried. She says in her memoirs, it's because she was thinking of her mother who was killed in a yeah. car accident. When but she who was very it. abusive? But to who her. was also yeah. and yeah. look, she led a um, 
a very troubled and rackety life mm. and her relationship with religion you know she was she was an ordained minister in a breakaway right. catholic church and weirdly she was the, the most uh notoriety she she ever got wasn't here it was in the states where she appeared on saturday uh, night live and, in and and ripped up a picture a photograph of john paul ii but really but helping to launch the yeah. uh the, well, ten years later, the the, abu- the, the, child the whole abuse child scandal. abuse thing broke, and she, she was, was on the money. Well you know, ahead. I mean, I think the the, the kind of you know the, the 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 epitaph is that actually she was what she always said she wanted to be. She was a protest singer. That's right. You know, and, and she made amazing pop. There's that duet with um, uh, another lost last December, Terry Hall. Yeah, all kinds of everything from yeah. I think uh, the late nineties, and. Um, beautiful rendition and she did duets with Shane McGowan but you know she and she explored yeah. all kinds of genres reggae and uh, soul and jazz um, but she wanted to be she didn't want to be a Celine no. Dion she wanted to be Bob Dylan I think I mean she's clearly lived you know a, an awfully troubled life very but troubled I do yeah. think um, she, her, her legacy will will be quite significant oh, yeah. and and she her her figure and personality and her character will live on a lot longer than, sure, than many sure others. that's the case it's interesting isn't it when you know culture a cultural figure dies and it you feel the wit the the breath go out of you and you sort of go oh god yeah yeah you know, that's a bit of me that you that know it's a bit of us all isn't it of our biography it's, it's a part of the really soundtrack is. of our lives it really now. was it's it really only, only 56 nothing you know nothing two years older than my good self and lots else going on. Um, I mean, it would be rude not to mention Mr. Dan, wouldn't, wouldn't What's it? going on? With, I mean, we probably can't say for fear of... Well, I don't know. Maybe we can. Dan Wharton, the GB News presenter, the Mail Online columnist, has been well, accused... Well, not at the moment. Yes, yes. So the... Sus- well, let's assume he's been suspended, although Mail Online won't say anything about it. But um, what seems to be a terrific investigation by our fellow um, independent news media type, Byline, Byline Times, yeah, By- Byline Times, sorry, yeah. Byline yeah. Times, who've done very well, who've, who've been investigating him for three years in what's now known as a catfishing scam or whatever you want to call it, where he's pretending to be somebody to get someone called using the sense pseudonym Martin Branning, which is this portmanteau of two EastEnder characters, I yeah, think. apparently trying and, and using it to allegedly procure sexual images and footage of... Of, of colleagues. Of, of colleagues, so very strange. It's a um, really, really bizarre story. So so that's all there for people to, to look at if you want to, uh, folks. But the thing that I find unbelievable is that the weight of this evidence, and he's now doing this crowdfunder to, you know, let me sue. He's got... I think he's employed Mishkondorea, one of the biggest, most aggressive law firms in, in the world to defend his reputation, send out threatening letters to to publishers saying, you know, pouring doubt on the story and stuff like this. How you can sit through pontificating about Philip Schofield as he did ad nauseum and then find yourself in exactly the same position, but carry but pretend that the rules don't apply to you. Oh, Not only don't the rules apply, it's 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 because of the rules that you're being well, attacked. It, not for the first time we noticed that um it's on the right that you get the worst snowflakes. That's right. right? You know, him saying that dark forces oh, are at work. Nefarious. No, they're not. Yeah, they're not no. Or rather not. No, it's journalists it's, that are It's at called work. journalists. And, yeah. you know, he's, uh, Victoria Newton uh, said, Edge of the Sun said, there's, a, there's, a, there's an investigation going on to what happened there. Yeah. Um, as you said, the Mail Online is, shall we say, not using him at the moment. Yeah. He's obviously intending to use his GB News platform to continue this this sort of, 
phony crusade. Yeah. But it, but, but there is a huge hypocrisy at minimum, at yeah. minimum. So anyway, folks, that's enough about Dan Wooten for the moment. Remember, please, the latest edition of The New European is on newsstands right now, as well as on our website. That's at theneweuropean.co.uk. And podcast listeners can get a great deal on a subscription. Just head to theneweuropean.co.uk forward slash two mats. That's the number two M-A-T-T-S. And uh, I will give you personally, out of my own pocket, 25 quid's worth of bollocks to Brexit passport cover to stick on your blue passport next time it comes through the post. And you'll get that free with a uh, subscription to The New European. Thanks as ever to the third Matt. That's Matt Hill, our producer. Rethink, Rethink Audio. And until next week. It's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from him. Goodbye. goodbye. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.